This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, here we go with the podcast on this glorious Tuesday. Glorious for some if they're going on vacation. Others, not so much. It's just the second day of a work week. Eddie, what's up? Hello, podcast people. So take me through your day. You are heading off to Iceland, and as I didn't realize, it's today, like tonight. Yes. What will you do this afternoon in preparation? What time is your flight? Flight is at 8.30. Okay. I think, or thereabouts. And on Iceland Air, and flying out of Newark, and because it's international, and because I travel with so much extra, mm. you know. Leaving after the show? Uh, well, <laughs> we're, we're going to get there before. About five o'clock, okay. probably makes sense. Um, and hopefully get through TSA before the ice pack that my insulin is in melts because oh I've had that happen where once it turns like liquidy, then they're like, "No, this can't go through because you know whatever." Right. So it's a whole freaking. So thing. you so eight thirty is really going to be uh, one thirty in the morning there. Twelve thirty, four hours. Are oh, those five hours? Four hours. And then it's, well, how long is the flight? Five and a half. So you're getting there early morning. Uh-huh. Now, yeah. is someone meeting you there when you get there yeah, that early? Well, well, we signed up with this uh, um, this uh, travel group thing called Natural Habitat, which does a bunch of, you know, natural-themed uh, trips. Mm-hmm. Like, we had signed up to go with them to Yellowstone in the winter to see wolves. Um, Jesus. but that was, uh, my, then my mom passed, we canceled the trip. Um, but so I've done, and they're sort of affiliated with this other alpha called Lindblad, which is a cruises. And we went with them to the Galapagos. We did a Baja Peninsula, uh, cruise with them. And they're also sort of loosely aligned with national geographic tours. And so it's that sort of thing. And we do one of these. More but so they'll be there when you get there. Yes, yes, they will have somebody at the airport okay. to take us back because it's about almost an hour outside of Reykjavik. There's a smaller airport in Reykjavik, but then the international airport is out on this peninsula. Yeah, out this way to the west. Uh, yeah, so we'll get there, get, and because of when we're coming in, and it's a red eye and the overnight, we had to book a, like a hotel like for the two days. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of as if we were getting there this afternoon. But, you know, so we'll have some place to go. Oh, right, right, right. You know how that works. Yeah, that so, sucks. Uh, yeah, and hopefully, and my wife, uh, God bless her, she decided to, this is not like her at all, uh, to to spring for first class. Nice. Since it is a red eye, so. You're going to sleep. It'll be easier. I can sleep almost anywhere. True, true. But Nice to have the extra room. Five-hour um, flight, though. Yes. 100%. It's, yeah. it's better than being stuck back in row 45 right. by the bathroom. No, we don't have it on the way back. Okay. But it's not – I don't think it's not quite a red eye on the way right. back. But well, it's a nighttime flight is yeah. what it is. Yeah. The, the See, a, a trip like this is interesting to me from the standpoint of you come back. You do get the day when you come back to relax a little bit. But, man – I've only had a couple of sightseeing-type tours or Mm -hmm. active trips, I should say. I come back. I'm exhausted. I don't even feel like I want a vacation. Yeah, I see. And I like that. I like trips or vacations where I go out. Like when the last two years, we went up to Maine one year, very northern tip of Maine. And then we went up to the northern part of New Hampshire, right, you know, both of them right near the Canadian border. But I plan every day. I have, like, hikes every day, alternate hikes. Now, not so much in those areas. You're not, like, sightseeing. It's all about going out into the woods and right. hiking. Oof. But I like to do stuff every day, kind of like you. I am not, you know, although you 
like the sitting on the beach part. Yes. Not for the whole vacation. I could. You could. Oh, absolutely. See, I could not. I could because I feel like the rest of my life is go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. So when I get the, really, just the one week because mm-hmm. of all the vacation I use for whether sure. it's Rutgers or for the work. Cowboys or for Little League Baseball, travel sure. baseball, um, it's really the only week or two that I get where I actually pause and relax. Mm-hmm. So to me, if you told me I had five days on the beach in the Bahamas with nothing but my ties, draft beers, the ocean, and sunglasses, and a book to read, I am like a pig in poop. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that to me is for five days, I just unplug. I don't listen to anything. I, that's when I actually read the most is when I'm away on trips like that. And I, I come back looking forward to the grind again as opposed to, like, this past trip in Texas was amazing. The first few days were on the beach, and it was great. The last few days was a hustle. Yeah. And we got back Sunday afternoon. I'm like, wow, I got to lay down and go to work tomorrow. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I never really, even though I did for a few days, I kind of jumped right back into it with a, with a tour of the stadium and run into the ballpark and walk in this way and go in here. And the stock, I was like. See, I like that on a trip. I do, too. I just would have liked the, and I'm not usually one that needs the buffer day to come back to work. I would have liked one here. Yeah, and, and I did the buffer day for two reasons, just in case there's any issues. Well, yeah, you can't come right off a plane at 2 o'clock in the morning, a commercial flight. Yeah, well, yes, right, yeah. It's 2 o'clock. Like, when I do it, it's a it's a charter. I get off the plane, I go in my car. you got to go through customs. And yes, yes, that's correct. There's I mean, a lot that could go wrong there. Right, so you give yourself the extra day. Yes. And not a bad idea at my age either. Where do the dogs go? Okay, so uh, the two younger male dogs are going with uh, to my sister's house on uh, Staten Island. Okay, and our older gal Quail, who had the stroke around Christmas time, you know her traveling and hiking days are are over. Um, so my sister in law is staying at our house. Oh, okay, with her two dogs for about half the time, and then a f- uh, friends of ours are going to stay at the house. The, we trust these people? Yes. Yes. Well, yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> He's actually a veterinarian. Oh, okay. Yeah, you met him. He came to the hockey okay. uh, games. Yeah, uh, I think I remember. Yes. At the, the so, Mikey Strong game. Yes, correct. Yes, I do remember. As a matter um, yeah, so they're staying the uh, the second half of it, and uh, away we go. Good for you. Well, enjoy yourself. It sounds like a lot of fun. Not my type of trip, but... Yeah. To each his own. That's what I say. Do what you love. But you know, again, I don't. I'm not the just lay on the beach kind of person, right? Um, and it's not like I'm as active as you are, uh, like in the day to day stuff, because I don't have children. And not I don't have three other jobs. You're not running around as much as you are. Um, I got that right. Three other jobs. Two. Right? No well, two. Well, Rutgers, Cowboys, cornhole. Yeah, I don't look at Cornell as a job. I mean, okay. it's just the league I run. It's all right. And right now we're out of season, so I'm not even doing anything with it. Ah. Um, but yes, technically that would be true. The, I will tell you what will become a job soon will be the calendars. Mm. Once I I've started putting that together, and I'll start selling them. I hope in September. I would think like I did last year. That is a job. I mean that <laughs> the amount of time that takes oh, sure. is yeah, it's nuts. Um, that's why it annoys me when like you know I sit there and. I donate at least half the money I gave to Boomer's Foundation last year, and there were so many people online. Where's the other half go, you pig? Like, Hello? How about my time? Yeah. My and lord. It, and it's like it's fairly meticulous. You you have to pay attention to details. I try. I really I do try. I try to make sure that it's done right and the photos work. And Oh, not just that, and making sure the calendar, you know, April doesn't have 31 days. Oh, absolutely. Like our mouse pads from 2014 That's do. Very good point. April 31st, okay. No, that, um, you, you're right. There's a lot that goes into yeah. it, and you proof it a million times before you send it to production. And, then, and, then, and the biggest thing is sending them. And mailing lists and orders. Yeah. And... and how are you tracking that? Is it uh, Shopify or what are you using? I use Shopify for my online store, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and it really does a good job. Last year, I sold out, I think it was 750 calendars, I think, or five. I don't remember what the number was, 500 to 700, something like that. And I only had one issue with the delivery. And this is one where you sit there and say, I don't know what you do other than just eat it and send another yes. one when the person yeah. claimed they didn't get it. Right. When not only did I have a confirmation of delivery, I also had a photograph of the delivery on the doorstep. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, come on. I mean, 
okay, I'll send you. If you want another one, just ask and I'll send it. I right. Don't... Yeah, as like the business owner, you in situations like that, it's just it's it better stinks. off for you to just eat the loss. It, yeah, it does. It it's funny you say business owner too, because I don't look at the calendar as, as a business, although it does generate some. Yeah. And the the cornhole to me is not a business, but it does generate some money. So I guess technically it is. It's a, and maybe this is why I always seem to side on the side of the owners over the players Mm -hmm. because I do believe the players are paid very well for what they do. And I know the owners sometimes might make a hundred times more than them. And I get that. My God, the risk that they put out there, the amount of people they employ, the benefits that those people get because they gave them the job or their respect. We were, we were pulling up to, um, uh, so the Rangers ballpark is right next to AT&T stadium. And we were pulling up for the AT&T Stadium tour that we did on Friday. Mm-hmm. Pulled up to the parking lot. I'm looking, at, and even Kim's like, this is a beautiful stadium. I'm like, oh, the place is great. And I said to her, I said, do you imagine having enough money to where you you built this? And every time you drive up or take the helicopter in like the Joneses do, you're walking into a building that you own, that you paid for. Like, that is phenomenal. And then you look at how many people work at AT&T State, not sure. just the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Like, you're the man responsible for those people being able to go out and put food on their table and put their kids in clothes on their back. And like, and like, yet, when they get, like, Albert Hainsworth put a giant pole right up Washington's ass by taking $100 million from him years ago. Mm-hmm. And say what you want about Daniel Snyder, a terrible guy. I'm not saying anything to the contrary. My point is... You give out these contracts and this guaranteed money in a lot of cases, and the guys don't perform. No one gives a crap that they just took it right in the rear. Mm-hmm. No one cares. No. But God forbid if a guy outperforms his contract, he needs to be paid more. Why? He's doing what he's doing on the contract he signed. Yeah. That's what the next contract's for. Mm-hmm. But no one cares when the, when the owner gets screwed. And these, and then, like I said, and not just the full time employees. All the game day employees are, are doing it for some extra money on the side. A hundred, two hundred parking lot attendants and all the concession people. Who it's probably not a full time job, but it's extra money. For Absolutely. Them. I mean, you know, the pandemic was a once in a lifetime thing, but it's it's real, and now we know how real it can be. Does anyone going to help them out? They're still paying employees. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure they laid people off just like we did because you had to. Yes. Does anybody care about all of a sudden there's zero money coming in? Mm-hmm. No, but that's the risk they take. Yep. No one cares. So my point is running these small little businesses and you see one month the the, the, uh, the insurance, you know, to re-up the insurance for $900 for the year. Okay, forgot about that. The next month you find out they want more money per hour for the gym. Oh, okay, we can do that. Then Shopify, hello, your monthly fees have gone up $4. And then Printify, hello, you're like, wow, okay. It's yeah. just one thing after the next. And do you have um do you have like a post office account where you can print shipping labels or you you don't have you're not there yet? No. So that's what I did last year, not realizing that Shopify had an agreement with the post office. I didn't need to have the post office uh, account. Mm. I can do everything off Shopify. So I canceled that. Now everything gets is run through Shopify. So it's such a but you, it is a great website. You print the labels at yeah. home, right? And then yeah. what if what if your printer breaks? What if the printer yeah, well, you gotta go, ran out of labels? Then you got to start handwriting them <laughs> and bringing them to the post office. Yes, it is the the work yeah. that goes into these things is really yeah. remarkable. Yeah, because I'm the post office guy from my wife's home business. You know, same so you thing. know it. Yeah, I'm like you know I have post office today, and I'm going with a big. Now she does the thing where. She prints out a manifest for everything that is scheduled for that day. Okay. So I could have 20 packages, one scan. Oh, wow. Yes. That's cool. Yes. I don't know how to do that. Yeah. Well, do you ever get picked up at the post? Do you ever have the post office pick stuff up at your door? I We we can, and we have. And usually Marion likes to keep it to where if it's just one or two packages that'll fit. We have a larger mailbox. Right. It'll like that old rural free delivery mailbox. Yeah. One of those. You know, put the arm up. But if it's anything that's, you know, we could technically dump all of our packages and they would have to take it. Mm -hmm. And then during pandemic, uh, we would schedule a pickup, but with the post office. And I would get a big post office bag because I'm I'm friendly with the guy at the post Mm -hmm. office. And we would leave it on our door. But we don't. don't And it feels shitty, you know, 
you know, it's not yes. nice to do that to the guy. You can get in the car and just go over there yeah, for five minutes. Yeah, and it's close. It's not far. It's right. over at the Menlo Park Mall. Not a, not a big deal. Understood. But, yes, we could do that, but uh, you don't. And sometimes, and she does some of the stuff depending on the postage rate. It wouldn't be an issue with you with the calendars, but sometimes it's cheaper based on distance or city and weight and all this to sh- go to UPS. Right. So we do about maybe... 15% of the stuff through UPS and the rest through USPS. Under Right, which so, is the Postal Service. Yeah, and then, but yeah, when you go, if you, you should look into that manifest thing. I should. That sounds phenomenal. Because then it's one scan, just hand them the big, they dump it in, see ya. Oh, seems so much Instead easier. Instead of, like, scanning 20 things. Well, you, what I had been doing was going to the post office where they have the, the uh, self-serve one, mm-hmm. and I would print out one by one, and it was great because no one used it. Yes. So it was like my personal um, uh, self-service counter. Then all of a sudden, like in December, I would show up with like 30 calendars I had print labels for, and there'd be a line. I'm like, uh-oh. Because it would take me. I'd be there for a half hour. Sure. I'm like, I can't do this. Now, that's not – and that's how I kind of learned the whole uh, post office website and printing at home. Yes. To where I could just go and just drop them off. Right, and, and that's you, just what and I did. you can input all the the things in, print them all out, blah blah blah, and be done. Them, I'm on, done. Yes, and be done. Because I, I do that too. Yeah, which is great, and it works out wonderful. The one thing that that does bother me with the shirts and the mugs and all that stuff that we have fun with, that's drop ship. Mm-hmm. There's one thing when I see pre transit, so like someone buys a mug. If I had those mugs in my house, I would get that out the same day. You'd have it within 48 hours, mm-hmm. I would think. These companies. And they, you know, they're still charging the same amount of money for shipping, but they do this pre-transit because they only have pickup days twice a week, which I wasn't aware. I don't know how this worked. So there have been times where someone orders a mug and a shirt. The shirt shows up the next day or two days later, and then they're like, hey, didn't get the mug. I'm like, all right, let me check. I go, I look in it. It's still sitting there yep. in pre-transit. Yes. And sometimes it could take up to a week. And then sometimes Marion will have similar situations with the United States Post Office, and I don't know how or why. Oh, yes, it's sitting in Kearney, New Jersey. Why? why? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. Oh, my God. Well, it's out of your hands, yeah. and that sucks, but you still and, try and to— we don't have any idea what the logistics no. they have. Which goes to the mind-blowingness of Amazon mm-hmm. and how they operate and the way they can have stuff to you now, same day. Yeah. You order right. stuff in the morning, they get it to you by 10 p.m. Yeah, I wanted a uh, some sort of a, like, I'm not bringing my whole wallet. I'm bringing a passport. I'm bringing a credit card. I'm bringing the insure, medical insurance card. Mm-hmm. So I wanted a little something, a little pouch to to put it in. So it, I ordered it Sunday. It was there yesterday. It's unbelievable. Even today. It is unreal how quick you get things. I ordered a, um, a little a disc for a RAM disc for my computer. I got it. I wasn't same day. I ordered it at 9 p.m. and it was there in the morning when I woke up. They delivered it. They dropped it off. I saw it on the camera at 6:30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'm like, holy crap! But then again, you drive up and down the parkway, you see their distribution sites all over yes. the place. Yes. So if you buy something that's close, it makes sense that they get it right out. But man, wish, it's like a well-oiled fulfillment machine. Uh, centers, I believe they call them. Is that what they call them? Yeah. There you go. Last thing before you depart for Iceland. David Wright was in today. Yes. I enjoyed the conversation quite a mm-hmm. bit. Could have talked to him probably for an hour. Yes, for sure. Might be one of the nicest athletes, celebrities that I've ever talked to. Yeah, and also, uh, and we always notice this, no entourage, no you know security, no publicity person, nothing. Mm. He just showed up. Spike went and got him in the lobby, brought him up, and just very unassuming. Incredible. Really, and, and to the point where... You could talk to him about his back, about mm-hmm. this team, baseball. He still, you can tell, watches. Oh, sure. Never got to, like, I wanted to ask him, but we were running out of time and we were way late. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to ask him about his final, you know, appearance on the field. I remember what it took to get out there. Just as someone that's got back issues like yes. he does, I was really interested in, in what he went through just for that one final game. But hopefully another time we can do that. And hopefully he's going to be fine because it's not like he's got a get himself uh, ready to be able to endure nine innings of being on a baseball field. And yeah. hopefully he can just enjoy his life and golf and the whole thing. Isn't that the truth? It gives That's a, a good picture for you. That it, you know, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. A terrible thing. No, and I've been good. I just I need to lose like 
even Boomer said it. Like, he looks like he's in such good shape. And, like, Boomer said, well, you know, for your back, you need to get rid of that the belly fat because it's pulling on your spine. I'm like, I, trust me, I know. Yeah. It would be easier for me if I didn't have two kids at home. Sure. Constantly with the fun food in your face nonstop. Yeah. It's um, – I know what to do, but it is difficult sometimes. I know. So – have a great time. Thank you, Jerry. Be safe. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will see you in about, uh, well, almost two weeks. Yeah. See ya. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. A perfect game for David Cohn. The third time works like a charm. It is the third perfect game in Yankee Stadium history. Don Larson in 56. David Wells in 98. David Cohn in 99. 27 up, 27 down. David Cohn has attained baseball immortality. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Yo, 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 what up? Good morning on a Tuesday. How we doing? You got CeeLo and Fleeks, Fleeks and CeeLo after the uh, big zoo extravaganza there on the overnight as we head towards the top of the hour, next top of the hour, that is, at 6 o'clock when Boomer and Jerry Recco will be along. So I got Fleegelman for the full boat today after he joined me uh, late in yesterday's warm-up show, and I asked you right before uh, the top of the hour of yesterday when Eddie hit the ID and we started the show, and I said, what should we call ourselves this week? And I forget, what did, what was your answer? What did you say? Well, I was put on the spot, so I just said right. CeeLo and Fleegs. Obviously Cee-Lo giving Fleegs. you top billing, but I actually I did think of a name uh, later I on had, in the day. I wrote a couple options down, but you can go ahead with yours. I know Boomer had a zinger he wanted to put in there, but he ran out of time. And that's why I paused, because I was looking at it. Boomer's face, and I could tell, I've worked with him long enough to tell, like, he wanted to say something. He didn't, so then I jumped in. See, but. I kind of want to know what he was going to say. I'm sure it was going to be, you know, demeaning and derogatory. I mean, that comes with the territory. I'd expect nothing less. But go ahead. What did you come up with? The bench warm-ups. The bench warm-ups. Okay. So having nothing to do with our names. See, I, I had, um, we could go traditional, Lepresti and Fliegelman, Fliegelman and Lepresti. kind of gives you the law firm feel. Fleegs and Lowe. I did Mac and Lowe with McMonagall. You a did, and weeks that ago. sounded very good. Right, the Lowe, he dropped the C. Or we could go, uh, we could get really presumptuous and go with Mike and Chris. <laughs> Might as well. Listen, my <laughs> wedding hashtag was Mike and the Mad Dog, as picked That's by right. my wife and my mother in law. Yes, so. yes. Very nice. Very nice. So, look, this is an interesting morning to me. And I know. Zoo, Zoo just had one. Fleelo. Fleelo. Look at that. Mr. I'm tired and I got to go home. He sticks around. He comes up with a good name. Eddie gives him the fist. You know what? I think that's the winner. And let's say this too. Flee-lo. Great job by Zoo on the overnight today. I was Absolutely. listening coming in. He, he crushed it. Bro, uh, just I didn't as even we realize he, he came up to me and he was, you know, I opened with the gym. I didn't realize this was your first show. I, fe- I assumed you'd done one before. You can pop on the mic there, big dog. Yeah, no, this was this was the first one. Had you done a co-hosting though with somebody? That's yeah, what me it was. And Gallo. That's right. Okay, I was like, I know, I'm pretty sure he's hosted a show before. So, all right, so solo, you you uh, you did your maiden voyage solo. Oh yeah, good job out of you. Excellent. He's going to be with us the rest of the week, right? Eddie's going on. All right, so it's all yeah, coming. Eddie, Eddie's off here. to Iceland, and so we got Iceland. Big Zoo the rest of the week. Iceland. <laughs> Yeah, you know, as you, as you talk oh, to man. New Yorkers and people from Jersey throughout the summer, where are you going? You know, C-Max and right. Disney World. I know yeah. people, people are crushing him for going in August. The poor guy's right. trying to Jerry go on a family trip. Jerry went to trip. Texas. Right. Yeah. And, you Gio's know. Uh, having, I think, uh, a staycation. Boomer went to Canada to play some golf. And a country you don't hear thrown out as often is Iceland. Iceland. That's right. Apparently very green if you pay attention to Mighty Ducks, too. Yes. Well, yeah. as we all knew growing up, 
Greenland is the icy one yeah. and Iceland is the green I one. I didn't know that until I watched Mighty Ducks 2. I had no idea. So there you go. You know what? That might have been where I learned it, just because I saw that movie when yeah. I was four years old. I don't so it might, honestly, just, it I don't might even, just be so far ingrained I don't in even there. know if that's true. I'm basing it off of what I read in Mighty Ducks 2. So I'm sure uh, Eddie can give us the review on that when he gets back. And uh, we'll, we'll find out if that's true or not. Or actually, I'm sure my Twitter mentions in about 10 minutes. I'll have right, we'll find answers out. to that. Very good. So interesting morning from the standpoint of like, what direction do we go? I mean, look, we don't care about, no one cares about the Mets. We understand that. But a good night. Nice to see their offense score some runs. Pete Alonzo, the rain delay, the whole nine yards, all that. You've got another Aaron Boone ejection. Very animated with Laz Diaz there, who always seems to be. He, he's like him and Angel Hernandez. Well, and they the had him back to back. They had in the Angel Hernandez, Laz Diaz is the home plate umpires and back to back. Yeah, that's so you can <laughs> you can understand why Boone was a little ordered. triggered to begin like, with. We, we yeah. didn't get to it yesterday, but both the Yes broadcast on Sunday and the Astros broadcast, as you found out on Twitter, were all killing Angel Hernandez and how yeah. bad he was Sunday. So everyone was probably in a foul mood with the umpires going into last night's game. And listen, he was awful, but the I, I, I'm of the view always with the umpires, you have to expect them to stink. If it's a close pitch and you're a hitter and you don't swing and they make a bad call, too bad. Here's, These guys are awful. Here's what's amazing. They still had eight walks. Well, right. They loaded the bases. They loaded the bases three times. Once with no, one nobody run. out, one out, one out. They scored a run. <laughs> then the, the White Sox get a runner oh, on third. What does Benintendi do right away? God. Sack fly. Listen, I'll give credit to Boone for this. He made last night's ejection worthwhile. It's worth watching. He put on a show. Yeah, he the, sure did. Drawing the line in, in the dirt and miming the strike three call. <laughs> Boone really went all out last night. He did. Very animated. The uh, the hot mics there on the field picked up a little bit of it, which obviously we can't repeat here. But uh, yeah, that was interesting. But another, I mean, it was almost like a for the Yankees, kind of a carbon copy. Well, that's not fair because they did score with seven runs on Sunday. But from the standpoint of runners left on base, uh, batting every, you know, at bats with runners in scoring position and strikeouts again. So, I mean, I don't really know where to go with them here. It's the crappy White Sox who, you know, Keenan Middleton told you they got all these issues. And then the White Sox basically clapped back at that yesterday. Rick Hahn was basically, uh, met the media and said, well, yeah, Middleton's the guy that I had to have a face to face discussion with about his inappropriate behavior. So you got that finger pointing going on. You've got the Tim Anderson suspension. There's claims of Yasmani Grandal getting into it with Anderson the day before the all-star break. There's all kinds of crazy stuff going on. And then from the Jets standpoint, Interesting to me that they roll out the one Jets drive the day before. Well, even more than that, if you noticed a couple weeks ago when it was announced that they're going to be on Hard Knocks, we all know the Jets didn't want to do it. Of course. Shortly thereafter, like within a couple of hours, they announced one Jets drive premieres are moving from Thursday night to Monday night. So they're they're going to try to one-up them. Every day. And listen, I understand it. They've worked on these stories for a long time. That's a lot of people putting in a lot oh, of yeah. hours, a lot of hard Absolutely. work. So they don't want to get, you know, scooped or jumped by hard knocks. But if you're a Jets fan, listen, this is an awesome time. You have one Jets drive. You have hard knocks. I'm, I'm going to be back. waking up nice. early to watch it tomorrow before coming in here to do the warm-up Kinda show. Kind of like you did with Mets West Coast. Right. And at when least they mattered. with the Jets, it probably will be a little more exciting or uh Less miserable. Let's go with that because well, they, sure. they can't they, hurt you in the preseason. Yeah, nothing can go well. This I don't is a time where nothing can go wrong. Well, nothing can go wrong <laughs> right now. Things can go wrong, you know, in September right. and beyond. But if you're a Jets fan right now and you're not excited, what is the point of being a sports right. fan? Just it's like it what up. I've said to Mets fans last year. Even if you didn't fully buy into the team, whatever all those reasons, when you're in the middle of a 100 plus win season. How do you not sit there and enjoy it? If the only moment you can enjoy is, hey, after the final whistle or the final out, your team is the champion, you got to get out of this because you're you're never going to have a moment of happiness. A lot of years of pain and scars built up. Listen, and I've suffered through enough of them, not as many as somebody like Joe or some of the older Jets fans out there. But, I mean, this team hasn't been to the playoffs in over a decade. The last time they were... I was in college. I was a teenager. So I've, and I I've wasn't been married it. and didn't have kids. I yeah. mean, this is before you even went through your years of covering the Jets. This is a That's long, correct. long time ago. If you can't be excited when they finally have a quarterback, a Hall of Fame quarterback, and a roster worth being excited about and a reason to want to watch these games and see what they do, I just don't understand what the point is. Like I, I love the excitement and the hype and the feel around them right now, knowing that, yes— you know what? 
things could go wrong. This is better than the last 10 seasons where, for at least seven or eight of them, you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt things were going to go wrong, and it was just a question of how ugly is it going to be even worse than you imagined it would be. This now has a chance to be something really special. Enjoy it. Enjoy the expectations. Embrace them. Embrace the hype. Have fun because this is what this has to be the moment you enjoy as a sports fan. Now, I was tied up with other matters on Monday, some of it work-related, some of it family-related. I assume, am I safe to assume you watched the first episode of One I did not. Just you did not. Okay. Not being when did able they roll that Sunday, out? When 8 o'clock, that's why. 8 o'clock last night? Yes. Okay. All right, so I was going to try to get a review for you. Yes, no, I was asleep before the baseball games. I was asleep before one Jets drive. And because I didn't sleep a lot the night before, I didn't wake up early. But I figured I'll go home today, watch that. You'll do a little, like, split doubleheader here, a little day-night situation. Sleep in between, wake up, hard knocks. How about that? You're going to sandwich your uh, sleep with the Jets. Listen, with an hour and 40 minutes of Jets content. and Again, this is the time if you're a Jets fan— you better love this. Which is an hour and which is which is 40. One, One Jets drive I looked on YouTube was 41 minutes. Okay. And I'm assuming Hard Knocks about is an hour. An hour. Yeah, right. an hour. Right. Give or take. Right. When you mix in the little previews that they might show or whatever else they want to run, run, roll your way before uh, before they actually get to the content. So, Listen, all right. The music, I, the Leah oh, Schreiber, course, yeah. the voiceovers. He was already there at camp awesome. last right. week. Rodgers got to meet him. I saw a little teaser yesterday from NFL Films. Rodgers mic'd up on the sideline during the preseason game, calling the deep ball to Malik Taylor. So you get a little bit of that. And it looked like um, Rodgers and Lake Tahoe was heavily featured in uh, episode one of uh, One Jets Drive. So I'll have to check that out myself. I don't know when I'm going to get around to that. There's a lot on the a lot on the table, a lot on the plate this week. So uh, that remains to be seen. Uh, so yeah, from the Jets' standpoint, it's going to be an interesting week because then you got the joint practices with the Panthers, and then you got the pre you know, actual. Get into a little bit more of the preseason later on, coming up uh, on this this weekend, where you'd expect hopefully Zach Wilson and Mackay Becton play more than a handful of snaps. I'd have to believe at that point. I would imagine. I mean, Zach Wilson definitely he's not hurt. They were just easing him in, and he's the backup quarterback. I don't even the, know the question Becton mark was is Becton. Hurt. He seemed like he was like just uncomfortable on that turf. Right, he didn't like the turf. But listen, the Jets are going to play a lot of games on turf, including their home games. So yeah, but I wonder if it's specific because they've had issues it there. Probably, at that is, but Becton, Becton is a guy that just uh, yeah. There's Doesn't always take something. Much, right? right? There's yeah. always something. Yeah. I, and listen, I know we know Boomer's been talking about it. Zach Rosenblatt with the Athletic when he did his. 53-man roster projection yesterday. I saw that he said predicts uh, Mekhi Becton will be traded. So hmm. that could be something interesting. You know, the Jets aren't going to show you those uh, cut scenes in Hard Knocks when right. they're cutting the guys from 90 to 53. So maybe the most interesting part of the last episode of Hard Knocks will be watching Joe Douglas uh, on the phone trying to trade Mekhi Becton. <laughs> you think they're going to show that, the trade negotiations? Douglas Probably on not. the phone? Maybe, maybe they have like the office, like you know, they have through the glass, and you're able to spy yeah, on them. Yeah, yeah. There'll be there'll be a limit to how much they're gonna. Yeah, it will put it this way: it, nothing will be as dramatic and epic as Riva showing up to camp at the end of Hard Knocks in 2010. Right. Which and the big I will scene, still say, what was it? Uh, Roscoe Roscoe, Roscoe Diner, Diner. Is that what it was? Yeah. One of the best moments in American television, and, and okay. it, up there with anything else that's happened on HBO: Sopranos, The Wire. Darrell Revis wow. showing up to camp. The music. I mean, it's even it's even better than Rex's snack speech. Oh, I don't know about that. That's that's pretty lofty for, praise. For a right Jets there. fan at the time that well, had Super time, Bowl expectations at the time and yes. was worried, and then obviously knew at that point you knew he had signed. But then seeing it play out on Hard Knocks, yeah, one of my favorite tel- television moments ever. Did you watch his full speech Saturday in Canton? Revis. Revis, no. I was in the airport. What did so you think? I was That's right. What did you th- I played that one cut yesterday. The jersey burning? Yeah, with the fans. Like, uh, it just seemed like it's an weird. Odd but approach. listen, Revis is a weird guy. Yeah, he had that definitely. thing, uh, you know, a couple That's weeks right. ago with Klecko. He's just. And, and the thing also. You know, nice guy, weird guy. The thing. <laughs> right. What was the thing? I forget. Was it before or after he was done with the Jets? Um, at the, like the nightclub in Pittsburgh or whatever? Do you remember that? Yeah, that was. To, I forget what the timing on that was. I just like from that it, was definitely after his first jet stint. Because I, oh, yeah, no, I, the, that's the a, one thing I remember about that yeah. was I was producing for Summers that night, and I was sitting in the newsroom when it came across Twitter, and I remember just groaning like, "Oh, did, we're gonna have to do this tonight." I remember it being definitely after the first stint. It might have been when he was here the second time. Like after 2018? it was after, okay no so that was after he was gone oh and it wasn't it wasn't 
Uh, maybe that's wrong. It was definitely 2016 or later. That part I remember. So 20, if he was so still like with the Jets. 2017? So that would have been when he was gone. Because he came back to the Jets and 15 was good. 16 was the disaster year for everybody with the Jets. Yeah. And 2017, you know, he's uh, with the Chiefs. Yeah, he's... I vaguely remember that. Yeah, I mean, it's just when you go from where, uh, like him at his peak after that Patriots year. And coming back to the Jets. Well, that's for, mean, and you were there that first year with the Jets. He was still, I mean, he was in 2009, Revis, but he was still like a top 10, 15 corner in the game. Yeah. That first year with the and Jets. And he had, didn't he, if I remember correctly, didn't didn't he have a big first game, like week one? Didn't he have like a, a pick or a pick six or something? I, just, I seem to remember him coming out of the gate strong. Yeah, right? and oh, he had a go. lot of big plays early. And then it kind of, as the season went along, it. It went the other yeah, way. Yeah, but he was still, bit. listen, he, he was, was not good, but, yeah. until the game against Buffalo when Sammy Watkins That's right. treated him like he was a mannequin. Yeah. Just ran right by him every play. And they never made the adjustments. No, of course and, not. Yeah, and the rest is history. So. Todd, listen, Todd oh. Bowles, ah. all these years later, still doesn't know what an adjustment is. It, You're allowed to change the game plan during the game? He's still the head coach of the Bucks. I'm sorry. Maybe they'll be good this year. Maybe they'll catch us by yeah, surprise. Sure. But I don't. I don't see. It. Yeah, without Tom Brady, still with Tom. Uh, Todd yeah, I don't. Bowles. I don't figure it out. I don't see it, and they still have talent on that team. Not so much. You know, you have question mark at quarterback, and when any time that's the case, you've got you've got problems on your hands, especially when you're a defensive minded head coach. We've seen him with young quarterbacks. Not that Baker's young at this point, but the guys that don't exactly inspire a lot of confidence at the position, he's not going to step in and... and Listen, you're, you're trying to be nice. You're trying to be diplomatic. Yes, Todd Bowles is a terrible really good head, defensive he's a terrible coordinator. Head coach. Yeah. He's a buffoon as a head coach, one of the worst in the history of the sport. And for all the people that knocked... And listen, the Jets were a disaster in every way when Todd Bowles was here. The roster stunk. Everything else was bad. It wasn't all his fault. Anybody who watched Todd Bowles and the stuff he was responsible for as a head coach, and was a little bit objective about it, could have and did tell you going into his tenure in Tampa Bay, hey, this guy has absolutely no idea what yeah. he's doing. Maybe he learned. You know, you never know. Some guys do adjust. You saw in the first year with Todd Bowles. Uh, if anything, he's worse. <laughs> That's hard to imagine. Hard to believe, but yeah. Remember that Monday night game, them and the Saints last year, just back and forth, him and Dennis Allen trying to give each other yes. a game? He might be worse. Todd and you Bowles. can make the case that, I mean, look, that first year, things went really well until week 17. Like we just talked about in Buffalo, they had a lot of talent. But the Bucks team, certainly last year when Brady was still there, and even now, I mean, they've still got a lot of good players there. But you just have no confidence that they're going to be Listen, anything. Listen, give it up to Todd Bowles. He was the first coach in the history of the NFL. Offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, head coach who learned how to make Tom Brady stink. <laughs> I don't know if first, I'm going to lay first all one that figured in his it out. feet, but yeah, it, unfortunately his name is attached to a pretty bad on-the-way-out season from Brady, limping to the finish line. The Brady, who was willing to give up everything in his life to play football I know. after so a couple of weeks of Todd Bowles was, yeah. oh no, what did Probably, I do? Yeah, exactly. Definitely regretting that decision. Yeah, listen, I look forward to Jets Bucks joint practices in a few weeks because that's who they have after the Panthers. Okay, Bucks coming to MetLife. That should be fun. I might have to go check that out. Listen, if you're open? if you're Robert Sala and you want to look like a great head coach on Hard Knocks, compare yourself to Todd Bowles. They're doing that at MetLife, not at not well, at Florham Park. The game is at MetLife, oh, okay, but I'm sure okay. the practices are at Florham Park. I wonder if those are open. I may have to go check that out. Could be fun. All right. We're off and running here on a Tuesday morning. What are we going with? What was it again? Flelo? Is that Flee-lo. it? Flelo. That's what you got for the remainder of the week. You've got Jerry and Boomer coming up at the top of the hour, and we return, as Al would say. We've got some, uh, some other items to get to here on The Fan. Again, I got nothing. I have no idea. Oh. You know it. Let me give it a minute to marinate here. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, again, I couldn't tell you the name of the song. Uh, any Heart of Glass? Yeah, okay. I've heard it. It's familiar. Yes. All right, very good. Flelo is back on a Tuesday morning. You got Flegelman and Lepresti hanging out until the top of the hour. It'll be Boomer and Jerry Recco then. So um, forget what went on a field for the Yankees last night. Another loss, more struggles offensively. We talked yesterday. Oh, Carlos Rodon says, I think I'm okay. The hamstring, it's all good. And as we predicted, bang, right on the IL. So we'll see how long. He's out. Second stint, obviously, missed most of the uh, early Porsche first couple of months of the season, really. So just think about where they were the trade deadline last week and Brian Cashman. Well, you know, we're in it to win it. And we got Cortez and Loisica coming back. And since he spoke those words, 
Domingo Herman gone, Rodon back on the IL, and Luis Severino calling himself the worst pitcher. Right, in and is forced to stay in the rotation because <laughs> yes. of all these other injuries and other reasons they're losing pitchers. Exactly. It's, it is insane. And then just with Rodon saying that he thinks he's fine, they have become the Wilpon Mets. Or just any time a player or somebody said, ah, this guy's fine, you know, he'll be good to go in a couple of days, you knew the IL stint was coming. Yeah, so I don't know where they're going to go from here. Obviously, like you said, Severino's got to stay in there. Um, and you just hope at some point he turns it around and finds himself. So, I mean, it's and, just and it's one how those... when you then look at a game like last night to lose a Garrett Cole game where right. Garrett Cole pitches really, really well. He yeah, makes he, the he... one mistake to Vaughn. Yeah. It gets it gives up a couple base runners, but at that point, it's the eighth inning. How much more can you expect from the guy? He's been the ace. He's been one of the best pitchers in baseball score. all season. Yeah. You, you load the bases three times, and you don't score. Now, they did the White have Sox the one, one sack fly. Yeah, was it Bowers that was up in the first base and made that ridiculous play? It could have been like a three-run double down the line. So they did. Yeah, Bowers hit into some rough luck both yeah. times. The, the slow uh, comebacker, not that it was a well-hit ball, but they had to make, Cease had to make a really good play on it to get the out at first. And then when he ripped that ball the next time up yeah. with the bases loaded, that's where you kind of just an inch or two away, or you know, left, right, up, down from being a bases clearing double, yeah. and instead it's an out. And even then, he had to make a great play just to beat Bowers to the bag, right? But yeah, listen, the slide when, when you're with the foot, yep. when you're not a great team, and you don't make your own breaks, this take take it from a Mets fan who's watched, you know, my team be this kind of middling team that said all the time, oh, they're unlucky, they're unlucky, they're just unlucky. Some stuff really is just bad luck, such as, you know, Edwin Diaz getting hurt before the season. Judge injuring his toe, crashing into the wall at Dodger Stadium. Some of this other stuff, you know, you're making your own bet. Don't rely so much on needing someone to not make a great defensive play. When you have those first two opportunities with the bases loaded and nobody out or one out, somebody hit a sacrifice fly, just like Andrew Benintendi did for the White Sox. Somebody on this team... Step up and do something. Somebody take the ball from you know from Garrett Cole, who did his job on Monday night. Somebody else step up right. and do something. Yeah, Aaron, even Aaron Boone, who I think is a useless little stooge of a manager, <laughs> even he's trying by putting on a show and trying to you know light some fire under these yeah, guys. I don't know if it was even. I think he's just. I think he's also ticked I think he off. He was annoyed. Yeah, last listen, night. the umpires are beyond incompetent. <laughs> yeah, but somebody on this team, DJ LeMayhew, strikes out, and oh, one of the balls was maybe out of the strike zone. You know, you're working with a home plate umpire who should not have a job. If it's anywhere close, swing the bleeping bat. I'm, I'm just, I'm so bothered by teams that wait around. And this has been the Yankees' mo all year, talking about you know the breaks and. You know, just things haven't gone Into their some way. Tough luck, had some good at bats, right? With yeah, the bat quality, right, shove yeah. it. You're the Yankees. <laughs> Do something. You are supposed to be the standard, not just in this sport, but in every sport. You know, you want to carry the crown of you know most successful, most winningest franchise. Yeah, I don't know that they even care to carry sports. that crown anymore. I, I don't know, but there's certainly still some arrogance from them. Is there though? From the way they speak to you. From the way they address their fans, yeah. from the owner, from the GM, from the manager, so much so that I think it's even seeped into the players. It, you know, I know that I know teams today coddle their players. It's a problem right now with both teams in town. Do you think if the Yankees hadn't been telling these players all season long, win or lose, you guys lose sixteen to one and you get three hits? Oh well, don't worry. Outside of those eighteen strikeouts. The bat quality was really good. You guys are doing what we're asking you to. Do you think that someone like Harrison Bader, who seems like a gamer, is just going to believe on his own that uh, they're playing a good brand of baseball? They're right there if they just kind of figure things out. I think that mentality has seeped down and poisoned these teams. It's affected the players. We saw it right off the bat with the Mets. It got them early. And now you're seeing it with the Yankees in August. It is destroying them. It's rotten. I agree there's a trickle-down. I just don't view it as arrogance. I view it as there's just sort of like, a okay, whatever. Well, I think the we'll arrogance the comes day. from Cashman. And I, it comes from Boone. I just don't know if he believes it as much. I think he's a mouthpiece for the front office. With Brian Cashman, I truly think he believes it. You know, the Yankees strike you as the organization that thinks their bleep doesn't stink. Yeah, but it has... From their standards right, for, for a while, while now, so that's where I don't, you know, if it is arrogance, they really it doesn't... truly think, I, I, from what I believe in for watching them, that the last few years where they haven't won, 
has just been a little bit of luck here, a little bit of luck there. And again, that's, that's played ridiculous. a part. Last year, I thought Brian Cashman made one of the right moves at the trade deadline. He got Benintendi, who was the perfect player for them. He gets hurt. There's nothing you can do about that. I understand that. that. That's but, but bad ben luck. Intendi's this not... year, just choosing yeah. to say, hey, Anthony Volpe is going to be the best baseball player in the history of the universe. He's going to make you forget that Derek Jeter ever existed. So much so that we're not even going to have a left fielder. He's just, this kid Volpe is 21. He's going to hit so well to take up two positions. That's the Yankee arrogance and Brian Cashman and bad moves and Josh Donaldson last year and just kind of stupidity. It's been a yeah, mix of the two. I think stupidity I think, and incompetence more than arrogance. But because I, I the, think the, with the, Cashman, the it's, thing with I think Aaron it's Hicks both. has been a while. Yeah, I mean, look, I, th- I, think I understand he's been around a while and he feels like he's got a lot of experience to draw upon, so on and so forth. Um, you know, you mentioned Benintendi. I like the move. Of course, it's unfortunate he got hurt. I, I can guarantee you this. He wasn't making up a four-game difference against no, 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 the no, Astros. Of, the of AOC, course not. Yes. But I think the Yankees will tell you that Benintendi and LeMahieu last year would have made that difference, and they would have made a some difference, difference. Some difference. But I agree with you; yeah. they're not they're not making up you getting swept and no. scoring nine runs in four games and squeaking by the Guardians, right? And having but a scratch and claw to get through that. Series. I think the Yankees will tell you even this year that it's just been a lot of bad luck. I think they believe that had Judge and Stanton played the whole year and Bader played, which just on on its own is ridiculous because you can't expect those guys to play a full season. Well, that's season. the problem. At some you know, point, it's, it's like not you can't bad be surprised. luck. This is what it is. Right? Yeah. The Mets, to a certain extent, can be surprised that Jose Quintana got hurt. They signed it because his most notable quality is yeah. that the guy pitches and makes 30 that starts every single year. a weird year. freak thing. Right. Yeah. Carlos Rodon, everybody could have told you, hey, what does this guy do consistently? He gets injured. You know, There are guys who are injury-prone where you have to expect them to get hurt. Then there are, free, you know, again, last year, Ben Intendi getting hurt when he did. Little bit, you know, unfortunate. It's bad luck. From the Yankees' perspective, I think they would tell you, especially Cashman, even if there was some imaginary truth serum, that everything that happened to them from 2018 on, we know what they blame 2017 on, yeah. and they might be, a, to some extent, they probably are right. Yes, Same but way Cashman the has still be. talked about it all these years Correct. later. He's At some point, go. you got to move on. But from 2018 through now, that's assuming, and I think it's safe to do that now, that this year is not going to end up where they want it to. <laughs> that is six consecutive years of not winning, not reaching a World Series, forget winning one. And Brian Cashman will tell you, I think for all six of those years, it was circumstances out of their control. And- well, I would say for at least four or five of them, you know, maybe in 2018 they put the right team together, maybe in 2019 and they had a lot of injuries. The last four years, it's been incompetence to varying degrees by the general manager and he doesn't even think that's an option like there there's self-reflection I don't think Brian Cashman looks back at anything he did with an ounce of regret and thinks that it's even possible that he made the wrong move I think if Brian Cashman would still defend the Josh Donaldson trade I mean I think they were still talking about that basically uh, almost at midseason as right. far as him you know, being an impact. So that, that, that in the lineup, that's so. the arrogance. Yeah, I mean, I get that. And look, I mean, coming out of 17 where we felt like, okay, the window was just opening and they really have nothing to show for it. And oh, by the way, as we sum up the Yankees here, we've heard so much about their prospects over the years and guys that they had in, held in high regard and didn't want to trade. Davey Garcia DFA'd yesterday, just the latest name that we once heard it was going to be the next guy, and now he could end up back with the Yankee organization. Maybe not. It's sort of the same with Estevan Florial. They DFA'd him earlier in the year. He ended up back with them, but these are guys that they just, for whatever reason, don't want to bring up or don't want to pitch or don't want to play. Well, Garcia is another one where it's weird. You know, Not that he did it to the extent of someone like a Gary Sanchez or Severino, but he showed flashes in the big leagues where Flamed he thought, a bit, all right, th- this yeah. guy looks like he actually is something. You know, the, the the Baby Bombers era is unlike any other failed group of top prospects we've seen because for most of them, they had those moments of success where we were able to see as fans watching the game what the team saw, and then they just all flamed out. Somehow, and again, that could be bad luck. That could be circumstances. Mm. Choosing to play this entire season without a left fielder, not bad luck. Bold strategy, Cotton. Speaking of arrogance, maybe this isn't arrogance, but a uh, little of that and a little just kind of what the heck is going on. Situation with the Orioles and they got all this good vibe and good good juice going right now and positivity and their front office gets in the way and it all trickles down to uh, a story that went viral yesterday all across baseball. We'll get to that on the other side. Fleelo, Fleegs and Lapresta here on The Fan on a Tuesday morning. Coming right back. 
said Fleegs and Lowe again. I got to get this new name down, Pat. I will by Friday. By Friday, you promise. Fleegman and Lepresti hanging out. Warm-up show Tuesday. Boomer and Jerry Recco coming up at the top of the hour. Quickly, before we dive into this Orioles situation, which I'm sure we'll talk about uh, throughout the course of the morning as well, because seemingly the whole country is talking about it right now. Um, remember when the Angels decided to keep Otani and went all in to try and take a run at the playoffs? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've lost seven in a row. They're now eight back in the loss in the wild card race. I mean, they're the one team you can feel good about if you're the Yankees, but that that's going to shape up as just one of the all time bad decisions. And we get it. A it's, gamble that backfired quickly. Right. It, it one, they were in decent shape to make the playoffs when they bought. You could say, all right, you know, they added pieces. They can they make did, a little yeah. run here. And, they, they can't and, and win. you understand the optics of trading Otani would have been bad, but. It's also going to be bad when he bolts on his own in December. And I'm not. Are you? Uh, do you buy into the uh, the Drake curse? You familiar no. with that? You I don't yeah. buy into that no. because now Otani did have a couple hits last night, but they lost again. And I heading into last night, I guess he was seen wearing Otani's jersey on August fourth, and then he proceeded to go two for twelve with seven strikeouts and no no RBIs. So he had a mix of the double even the, even last the best night. player in the world is going to slump at some point. I know, I understand. But it's like you mix that. You get like a double whammy. You've got the losing streak. You've got Drake throwing the bad juju yeah. well, on you. Also, listen, like, it should man. just be they should have realized that the team was overachieving for a while. They don't have Mike Trout. Yes. It was a little bit smoke and mirrors. Don't go. And like I, I won't even. I'm not going to blame Perry Manasian, the GM. I, I it's doubt not, it's his it's decision. Not his call. No. It's already Just Moreno. like it wasn't Billy Epler's decision. Right. Scherzer and Verlander. Right. It's you know, you have an, all, you have an all-time and, bad yeah. owner who has a history of making almost exclusively bad decisions. Speaking of which. <laughs> right. <laughs> You've got the Angelo situation in Baltimore here. And I honestly, so, you know, went home yesterday, took the nap. I had a from-home shift last night or late yesterday afternoon. So I sit down to start working, and part of my responsibilities is keeping an eye on what's going on in baseball. So sure enough, I open up Twitter. I use TweetDeck, even though the new version of TweetDeck sucks. That's a story for another day. Um, and I'm going through my baseball list, and sure enough, this clip of this Orioles broadcaster starts to pop up, and I'm thinking, okay, here we go. Cancel culture. Let's see what – let me listen to this clip and see if I can pick out, you know, where it goes wrong. It's about a minute or so, and he's talking, and he's talking, and he's talking, and I'm like, Wow. This must this this real bad thing that he says must be right at the very end of this clip. Right, he's got to say one know, word that is so bad or, because yeah, you're running out of time. Right, and the next thing I know, he's tossing it to his partner. They're breaking down the games a couple weeks ago. Orioles raised down at the Trop, and he's talking about how Tampa Bay has struggled at. Uh, I'm sorry, how the Orioles have struggled at Tropicana Field the last few years, and trying to turn it around this year against good raised team. And I'm I'm like, what what is happening here? And None of us missed anything. Well, so much That's so the to clip. your point that I saw a thread. I had not been on my phone for hours. I see, you know, the report. Then I see the video and the following tweet. So after I was watched that minute, I said, okay, there must be a follow-up tweet. Like, this first video doesn't have what he said. And yeah. that was it. And we everybody had the same reaction. This is it. Meanwhile, at the end, he kind of, Kevin Brown kind of spins it in a positive way about how the Orioles are playing much better this year. Right. And there's a produced graphic yeah, they, that's going along with what he's saying. He's not reading went, off of it, but he's just reading. You know, it's it's the production from the TV side. They're working hand-in-hand. Hand. They so, went over it in the pre-show meeting, Peter Angels sure. fire or suspend everybody who was involved with the pregame yeah, show that day? It's very bizarre. So long story short, you know, he's basically not been heard from on the broadcast for a couple of weeks. And he had multiple reports that say he was suspended because of this Insta or this uh, incident here. I can't even call it that. Honestly, I was waiting because this went it went viral on Twitter. A number of broadcasts, including Michael both of the, K, Michael went K, off on his, on his radio Cohen. show. Gary Cohen destroyed yeah. the Orioles. Did something on, on it as well. So this was Wayne Randazzo did it right to the point where I was. Where I'm like, oh man, I hope that it doesn't come out that there was something else that happened behind closed doors, and this that's really wasn't the reason. But it, it seems like this was the reason why he was suspended. This. Yeah, and this and gets, it's, the it young broadcaster too. Like he's been Kevin Brown's been doing the Orioles for a few years. Yeah, the ninth, nineteen, I think. Like, did, were they just lying and telling people in the last few years? But before last year, when they started to play better, the couple years before that, when they're one of the worst teams in baseball, you know, Orioles lose thirteen to four. Were, were they just not saying final score? Like, what were what was he allowed to say? Like th- this comment, and I know you'll have the audio later. Yeah, is so harmless. It's just the Orioles had struggled the last few years in Tampa Bay against the Rays. They're playing much better against them now. That's it. This is like one of those instances where 
there is no debate or discussion. Right. The only, there's the, very few the things left that are black the, and white. It, right. This, this is one of them. The discussion is the reaction to how ridiculous it, the response is from whatever you want to call it, ownership, front office. I mean, you want to talk about overly sensitive. This, um, this is <laughs> this is James Dolan-esque. And to be I fair to Dolan, worse. I think it's much worse than yeah. anything we've seen him do in response to the media. This is, this. I mean, this might take the cake. This is the all-time overreaction to a harmless comment that, again, it didn't even seem like it was Kevin Brown going off on his own. It was the discussion of a segment here. The Orioles are playing in Tropicana Field. We're going to talk about how they've struggled here the last five years and are playing much better this year. And I think in that was the series where they went in up like a game or half a game, and then they took the series and started to pull away a little bit from the race. few things. The years prior, I mean, we all knew what they were doing. They stripped it down, and they were real. Of course, they're going to lose games and be bad. Right. That was the whole point, so they could get all those top picks and picks the pick the likes of Adley Rushman and Gunnar Henderson. Right. If anything, now, you shouldn't uh, be Jackson sensitive Hall, to those Jackson comments. Holiday with the Orioles. He right. Is, right. Yeah. It, it should, you shouldn't be sensitive to those uh, comments because, as of right now, it's looking like the rebuild worked. Yeah. Exactly. It'd be one thing yeah. if you were, you know, the Pirates and or the Royals, and you're saying, "Oh, well, they were bad all these years," and then you kind of want to shy away from that because you're reminding fans, hey, you know, we went through this rebuild, we had all these high draft picks and took a bunch of guys who are stiffs. With the Orioles, it looks like it's it definitely leading to a playoff appearance this year, might lead to a division crown. Who knows what they do in the postseason? They're about to start a crucial series with the Astros, and this has completely taken over the storyline. This is now going to be the dominance. Now that the trade deadline has passed, this is the dominant storyline in, in Major the, League Baseball for at least a day. Early, yeah, early part of this week, like you said, big series coming up. I think TBS picked it up, so they're moving into you know a national spotlight to to the extent that TBS is national. You know, not obviously not network television, but you know, same 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 you know same uh, feel to it. Um, and it just it just makes you scratch your head. And then the other aspect, and I could be wrong. I thought I read this somewhere. Essentially the statistics and the trends that he was running through, I believe were printed in their game notes, which is like, so what are you going to do now? You're going to suspend part of the PR staff? Well, it's like they, I said, maybe uh, they did. Who it's knows? like what I'm saying. Are they going to, are they going to remove all the losses from 2017 through yeah. or 2018 when they first tore it down with bucks last year, there 2018 through 2021. None of those years ever happened. We're just going to pretend every stat, every number from those doesn't exist. This was for anybody who hasn't heard it, if you seek it out on Twitter, or Chris is going to play it yeah, during the we'll updates during the show. Yeah, we'll definitely play it in the first it, segment. It's, yeah. it's the most harmless throwaway comment you could possibly imagine. Like as everybody had the same reaction to watching the video, that's it. And good on you know Gary Cohen, Michael, all the local broadcasters was, that have all said, and even the ones who are sometimes a, a little bit easier on local teams. They've all said so much worse, right? And not even not that it's basis. even worse, but in com- comparison, worse to in this. comparison yeah. to this, yeah. right? W- worse than that, they should still absolutely be allowed to say it because it's their job to call what they see. I mean, if that's the kind of threshold you have, these games are going to go announcerless in the future if you're Peter well, Angelos. Yeah, I mean, would would it shock us at this point? And the Orioles dispute that Brown was suspended, telling awful announcing through a senior official that quote we don't comment on personnel matter on parts not personnel personal matters, and we look forward to hearing Kevin's voice soon. Which and then they announced yesterday's expect or uh, Bricaroli with the Athletic reported expected back or, around the 11. So they dispute the report, but all of a sudden right. now they're, they're able to come up with a return he... <laughs> date. He'll be back in a few days. I was just taking a sabbatical. And awful announcing did say they verified it through three sources. They worked very hard on reporting yeah, it. Yeah, the Athletic had it, had it yeah, as well. Right. So it's hard does, to It does hard not seem like it's something they made up. And again, right. this is an owner who had, deserves zero benefit of the doubt. A hundred percent. And I think that's why people have kind of banded together. This is not a new thing. Like maybe this specific instance is, but as far as the track record and the reputation goes, and I mean, they, this, he's been had trouble with the fan base down there for years, you know, right, because as he's far as cheap, not, it doesn't yeah, have any interest in spending. In, and now right. here they are. They're one of the feel good stories of the season and they've got everything heading in the right direction. And now, you know, you just hope it doesn't become any sort of short-term distraction for the team as far right. as their on-field results because, they, you know, they don't deserve that. Right. Like you said, there's no debate here. We're all unified on nothing. Right. Yeah. Everybody it's has everyone the same against stance on one, this. Against much. one person in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, as we segue to Amy Lawrence's Odyssey Sports Minute, not to be repetitive, but I think, I think I have an inkling she might be talking about the same topic. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, 
The superheroes of WFAN. Hi, you're just minutes away from Boomer and Jerry Recco, who have David Wright in studio at 9 o'clock this morning. So that'll be cool. You got Flelo wrapping up here as we've done uh, quite a bit of baseball here on the warm-up show after kicking it off with a little uh, Jets talk out at the gate. Now, it'll be football tomorrow. Hard knocks tomorrow. Yeah, we'll have to digest and uh, dissect that and one Jets drive as well, unless the guys get into that a little bit today. I, I plan to. Oh, you do? You saw? You watched? I did. How about that? Jerry beat you to it, Fleegs. I'm Can't a little happen. upset now. Big Jet fan. He didn't I watch it. One Jets drive? Yeah. WFAN. WFAN-FM. WFAN-FM HD1. New York. Always live on the free Odyssey app.